This is Bookshelf Banter, where you'll get to meet new indie authors. Be sure to check them out. You just may discover your new favorite author. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Bookshelf Banter. This week, I'm talking to author and illustrator Katie Fabian. Katie is also the creator of Cretaceous Fairy Tales, serialized fiction. Uh, You can definitely check that out. I'm putting the link to her website in the show notes. I'm very impressed with her drawings, but as I've said in the past, I am always impressed with anyone that can, you know, create art in a drawing form, painting form, clay form, anything, photography, uh, because I just am not, I don't have the eye for that. So I'm always very impressed and in awe of anyone that is creative in that manner. So Katie and I talk a lot about um, our kids, about reading to kids, our favorite um, childhood books and childhood memories. It was a wonderful uh, conversation and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thanks. Is it Katie Fabian? It is Katie Fabian. Oh, I got it right. I'm like two for two. (laughs) I know. A lot of people want to call it like Fabian or something like that. But it's just Fabian. Very fancy. Very French. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you on this uh, fine Sunday afternoon? Is it afternoon by you? It is. It's two o'clock here, and yeah. it's great because my husband's putting all the kids down for naps. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to be part of that. <laughs> and in not not way too many people in the house, but there's people in the football room right now. So you oh, know, right. preparing for the uh, <laughs> for the great you gotta, game. <laughs> you got to watch all those like pregame interviews that say the same thing twelve times. I was personally watching the Puppy Bowl, so. Oh, see, and that's 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 a good choice. <laughs> I, I like the Puppy Bowl. My husband thinks my head needs to be examined because I want to adopt all the one-legged dogs and, and stuff Aww. like that. <laughs> I, I would adopt the one-legged dogs too if we could have a dog. Oh, <laughs> well, we we have we have two, and one is kind Aww. of like a, a special needs dog, sort of, because he just he has so all sorts of ailments, and it's like, oh my gosh! But I've never interviewed a children's author before, so maybe you just need to bear with me a little bit, because I'm sure it's quite different than um, you know publishing a, a novel or or nonfiction or something like that. Right. Well, it's it's similar. <laughs> so my tar- my target is usually middle grade and YA, and so mm-hmm. usually that there's not much difference. Like they can understand all the words that you throw in there, so you don't have to like dumb it down or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just have like a different focus. Like when you're writing middle grade, you're more the characters have to go through a different process. Like they have to have some kind of discovery by the end of the book. Which I guess I guess all novels have that where by the end of the book they should learn some kind of lesson or something. 
like but something. it just it needs to be more apparent I guess in a middle grade like by the end of the book they should learn that you know it's okay to be them and then you know YA is more like a focus on the character gaining independence all, commu- <laughs> all communication goes between like the author and their agent and then the art the illustrator and the art director like oh wow. there's like these middle this middle wall and so there's not really a ton of communication that goes on between the illustrator and the author directly it's all shot through middlemen now did you traditionally publish anything or I'm in the process of trying to traditionally publish Mm -hmm. um, one of my things, but I just know a lot about the process because I wanted to be a professional illustrator for children's books for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I thought about it and I was like, I actually only want to do my own stories. (laughs) Like I thought about it, I'm like trying to illustrate other people's stuff would be really hard because if it doesn't turn out how they envision, Mm -hmm. that's difficult. And and like I said, that's, that's hard when you're not, having any communication with the person you know right knowing what their what their vision is or or knowing what you know if the if the visions marry together and huh I didn't yeah. I did not know that see I learned something new every day there you go <laughs> yeah it's a really weird process so when you when you do your own books when you when you self-published um your books is, is it is it more difficult you said it was pretty much the same as a novel yeah, so with the process of this one that is coming out, it's, I wrote it all, and then I would get to a scene, and you know when you're writing, and you have everything envisioned in your head? hmm And so instead of sitting there and writing this, like, over-the-top description, describing a character, what a character looks like, or what a room looks like, or what this scene looks like, I can just skip over that. And then I have, like, notes for myself later when I go back. And I read, okay, for this chapter, I'm going to illustrate this, this, and this. And then I know exactly what I'm drawing from that. And, I, and it saves, like, like I said, it saves me from writing, like, multiple paragraphs of description. But then it, later, it's like, okay, and instead of describing, I have to make sure the picture's just right so that people can understand what's going on in this scene. You have that in your head. So I think that right. makes, it a little, <laughs> makes it a little easier. Have you been doing this for very long? No, not very long. Like, I've been writing stories for a long time, but I haven't mm-hmm. actually fully published anything. I have done a web serial before, mm-hmm. but it didn't pick up very much steam. Like, basically some friends and some family read it, but it didn't go further than that. So I pulled it down, decided I was going to try and publish it differently. Mm-hmm. And then with this one, I was like, you know, I'm, I really miss writing a web serial. It's so fun. So this one is going to be another web serial. So tell me, tell me about this new one. <laughs> so the inspiration actually came from my middle child who's obsessed with dinosaurs Aww. and has been since how, birth. <laughs> how, how old is, is your middle child? So he's four. And like <laughs> most kids would read, ask to read like Where the Wild Things Are or Llama Llama Red Pajama. Yeah. But he will bring me an encyclopedia of dinosaur facts <laughs> and say, this is what I want you to read to me before I go to bed. Oh, so, that's so cute. <laughs> so we've spent like lots of time reading dinosaur encyclopedias, watching dinosaur YouTube videos, all about facts. His favorite show is Dino Hunters on Discovery, where people go to dig sites and dig up dinosaur bones. Dream is to be a paleontologist. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so cute. That's- so... Through him, I've learned so many dinosaur facts. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, the things I know about dinosaurs is insane. 
And so I just would constantly be that annoying person in conversation. Well, did you know that pterodactyls aren't technically dinosaurs? They're actually a different brand of flying reptile. Like, <laughs> what? So I decided that I wanted to do a fairy tale retelling. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. And I thought, you know, it'd be great if the people weren't people, but they were dinosaur people. So instead of just like, so it's this girl who is a regular person, she's mediocre, nothing special, finds herself in another world where it's, if the dinosaurs, instead of being killed by the asteroid, evolve into people instead. So she's in this other world and she's basically reenacting like these fairy tale plot lines but they're more ex- obscure fairy tales, so it's not super obvious to her that that's what's going on. Now, and now, is she like an actual person or is she a dinosaur too? She's an actual person. So okay. she's like a regular human girl mm-hmm. who is hiding from her brothers in the forest and ends up finding the secret portal to the world of dinosaurs and gets yeah. tangled up in their politics and their... Yeah. And, and what age like do you... Do you, are you gearing this toward? This is probably more young adult. So not not for your four-year-old. Not for my four-year-old. No, not. <laughs> I, I wrote another book for my kids and I've read it to them and they love it. But oh, every once in a while, so I'm sweet. like, let's, let's <laughs> just do something that's not necessarily revolving around my kids. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes they're great inspirations for, you know, writing and and like you said, he's so into dinosaurs. It was a, a great inspiration for you to for you to do this. I I actually um and I was telling my husband this is so funny. My kids when they were younger, they're older now. Um, when they were probably like I want to say like maybe eight and twelve, they had this whole storyline centered around our cat. And oh, that's hilarious. But the cat was a Russian spy. And spoke in a Russian accent, and she had a a lover who was a parrot named Ricky. So <laughs> <laughs> they they have these whole storylines. My son even did like a family tree for this cat with her Russian spy parents, and it it was really great. And I'm like, you guys should actually write that, you know? But they didn't. I'm like, you know, one day I think I'm going to write down, you know, the adventures. It was um the cat whose name was not Puma. But they renamed her Puma because it sounded more Russian mm-hmm. to them. I have no idea why. And uh, <laughs> the, in the adventures of Puma and Ricky, I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to, you know, write that down and, like, you know, illustrate it and stuff. But then again, once again, I ran into the fact that I can't even draw stick figures. I was like, people will be like, what is that? Is that a coat rack or is that a, a, pa- a parrot or whatever he was? Cockatiel. That's what he was. Ricky was a cockatiel. So. <laughs> Well, so they are always inspirations for something. There, there always are. Like my my kids definitely inspire a lot of stuff that I do. And my my husband always says, well, even if you don't publish any of these stories that you write, if it's good for family posterity, like the kids, yes. like when they're older, they'll appreciate it. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> no, they will. They will. And because like sometimes my kids will be like, remember when we made up the stories of Puma and Ricky? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and I told you guys you should have you should have wrote them down, but you didn't write them down. And now you're now you're too old for it to be cute. <laughs> it would have been cute when you were that age. But oh, uh, so I saw like on on your about section that. Uh, about a wrinkle in time I have to say that's like one of my favorite stories 
I actually read that out loud to my kids, if you can imagine that, the whole book. <laughs> so yeah. did did you read it to your kids or was I just the only strange person who read a 300 page book to my kids? <laughs> You're not strange because I actually <laughs> have done that multiple times. My kids are, my oldest is almost eight and my youngest is 18 months. And I oh. read them books that are way above their pay grade all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's normal for that to happen in our house. But <laughs> I actually didn't read them all of that one. I did read them Fable Haven several times. They love mm-hmm. those, which is funny because it's like those ones are so much. My eight year old now can read those books by herself. But when I was reading them to her, she was four. Aww. So we've been reading, we've been reading big books for a long time or I say big books, books that are too above their reading level where they're at. And they, they love it. They actually really love listening to audiobooks. Oh, yeah, and, that's great. And so we, we used to go a lot more places. We don't really go anywhere anymore because COVID, but we used <laughs> to go a lot of places and we would drive to like random parks that were way out there or libraries. And I would always have an audiobook that we would be listening to in the car everywhere we went. And that was, kind of the thing like let's go somewhere so we can listen to more of our audiobook they always say that it's it's very important to read to your kids and I always took that to heart I always read them you know starting with good night moon and they actually read read to them when I was pregnant with them which some people may find strange but you know no that's not at all (laughs) they develop ears in the in and they can hear everything that you're saying so it makes sense yeah, my or my well, my husband would read to them um, the monster at the end of the book, the Grover book. He loved, oh, I love that book. Yeah, so he would read that one, and so and then we, when they were born, we would continue to read to them. And I don't really know when it stopped. I mean, mm-hmm. it it at a certain point, it got to be a little bit of a chore. It got to be like you know, all right, you can read now by yourself. Why do you need mommy to read to you? But I do kind of miss that you know yeah my eight-year-old right now has been asking me to read her all the harry potter books we've been making oh. them through slowly so we're reading the second <laughs> one and she could read them herself but she says she prefers me reading them to her because i do the voices yeah oh yeah my my uh, sister-in-law is reading the harry potter books to my niece and nephew and i'm like oh my god that's so long but good luck <laughs> good luck with that right it's a big commitment <laughs> It is fun to do the voices. I did enjoy the the Harry Potter audiobook. So, you know, if you ever listen, if you ever like want a little break one day and you and you listen, <laughs> stick in the stick in the audiobook. Some people say, oh, audiobooks aren't books, but st- you're still getting, you know, you're still creating the visual in your head, whether somebody's reading it to you or not. If it wasn't for audiobooks, I don't think I'd get much reading done nowadays because <laughs> I'm yeah. always doing something, and it's so great, like. When I'm illustrating, I turn on, right now I'm listening to Mistborn, the second one by Brandon Sanderson. It's a great series. Oh, wow. Um, so you can concentrate when you're listening to audiobooks? Well, usually, so when I'm drawing, once I get like the sketch down and mm-hmm. the ink down, then it's just coloring. So yeah. it's pretty easy to just like turn that on while I'm coloring. Mm-hmm. And then uh, doing the dishes. Yes. Laundry. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all the normal things that you do around the house. Yeah, that's what I find myself doing. The I'll just get the audiobooks in and, you know, because it's just mind must stuff. You don't have to be aware to, uh, but I find if it's something that I have to even have slight concentration on, even sometimes driving, I can't do it. Because, like, right. if I don't know where I'm going, if I'm, I'm just driving, like, someplace I know, I'm okay. 
but uh, if I have to concentrate audiobooks and I don't work out. <laughs> right. No, I, I totally understand that. There are times that I'm like, okay, pause the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my son actually, he got this, um, this book of uh, Disney stories, like the abridged versions of like The right. Incredibles and all that. So he would listen to The Incredibles night after night, like for, for years, night after night after night. And he actually memorized the whole book. <laughs> and when he was maybe like five, he brought out the book that came with the with the audiobook and he was like reading it word for word and we're like oh my god he's brilliant look at all these big words but he had memorized the book he memorized the book (laughs) (laughs) so we turned it to another store and he was like yeah the and and boy and that's all he could read (laughs) like oh our hopes for a prodigy went down the toilet (laughs) right you always have that hope that like oh my child is a genius yes but i think when you get when you get genius ch- children, you also get genius problems because yeah. usually they get into things and cause things to happen. I have a friend, her son takes apart every electronic device in the house. Oh, God. And, and he could almost put it back together. Not oh, quite. No. Just that extra step that he's missing. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. The pituitary gland. Pituitary gland? I don't even know which gland it is that doesn't form until they're 25. But, you know. We're having we're having some problems with that now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Poor decision making, but but I'm very happy they're just you know run of the mill kids. To be honest with you, right? You know? <laughs> they're just you know we can we can have these little tiny problems that get solved at the end of the of the sitcom episode and and we're right. all good. <laughs> and then you can go on with your life. <laughs> Twenty two minutes, everything's all solved and we we move on to the next problem. And and they're very good because I don't know if you notice this with your kids, they don't have crises at the same time. They're kind enough to alternate. <laughs> yeah. Mine are still young enough that that doesn't always happen because Aww. Like yes. the four-year-old needs help with something the same time the 18-month-old needs help with something else. And one well, of them when... has verbal skills but doesn't use them. And the other one has ver- doesn't have verbal skills. <laughs> and, and scream. Yeah, and and when, they get, when they get older, you'll find that like these crises that like, you know, a lot of them are imagined in their heads. Um, you know, girl drama and all that stuff. Um, they, they're nice enough to like alternate uh you know, oh, my brother is having problems. I'm gonna put my gall drama on hold until next week when he's done with his problems. That's so you know? nice. <laughs> the biggest drama we had recently was some kid accused my eight year old of being to, of like liking someone else in the class. Oh, God. She zipped up his backpack for him, and I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> when my um when my daughter was in first grade I got a call and it was crazy because I used to work at her school and uh, this was the first year that I was working at a different elementary school and I got a like a call from the teacher she's like listen I know we're like friendly I just wanted to tell you firsthand but I had to write Tara up for hitting this kid and I was like what what why and we get to the bottom of the drama and she liked the kid so that's why she hit him I was like oh my god we are in for like (laughs) that's when it all started you know so unfortunately it does start very young all the drama (laughs) yes (laughs) I luckily only have one girl the rest are boys and one is enough 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> one I girl is enough. <laughs> I only have one, and it feels like ten sometimes. But but no, they're re- they're really good. I, I'm I'm very lucky. But some days, some days I'm like, huh, you know what? Why didn't I run away at like twenty and just like? <laughs> Oh, those dreams you had of running away and joining the circus you're now yes. regretting not doing them yes I really should do it now you know this is a good time <laughs> good age to join the circus I can't barely get out of bed without something cracking but I could definitely do the trapeze and all that <laughs> so the, we're talking about the wrinkle in time right is that like your yes. favorite kids book or um, it's up there. I'm still gonna go with Fable Haven being my favorite, like middle grade book. It's so good. I, I um, actually never read that. What What is it, it about? So it's about a brother and a sister who have to go stay with their grandparents' house for a couple weeks, and their mm-hmm. grandparents that they've never really spent time around, mm-hmm. and they're really not looking forward to it because their grandparents live out in the middle of nowhere, and they get there and there's all these really strict rules about it they live on this wild animal preserve they're not allowed to leave and go into the forest they're not allowed to like there's all these strict things about them but they have fun things they have like a pool and a tree house and all these really great things that they can do at the house and they they end up discovering like they end up finding out that the caretaker that works for their grandparents was doing something weird of like leaving pans of milk out and they thought that was so weird and so they end up like drinking the milk and then they realize that all the butterflies and birds and random creatures that they've encountered are actually like fairies and satyrs and and (laughs) things like that and so they start learning that their grandparents actually are on a magical preserve where all of the like mythical creatures that we think are just mythical creatures actually live on this preserve and um and so it's just a really fun adventure of these kids spending the summer at their grandparents' house. And and it turns out grandma and grandpa are much more fun than they thought. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and, and then it ends up going to this big series that was like five books long. And then oh, the wow. recently just wrote a spinoff series that was all about dragons, same characters. Oh, that's good. cool. So when you were, when you were younger, did you like, did you like cartoons too or yeah, so I actually loved reading the Sunday paper, or not the Sunday, the daily paper, the comics right. and the newspaper. I read those every day from the time I was very young. Like, I remember always reading the paper comics. Um, and those really influenced me wanting to be an artist, like a visual storyteller. Like, that was always my goal. I actually went to college originally for art. And oh, then, wow. Okay. And then about, like, six or five semesters in I had this like freak out about there not being money in art which is not actually true people always say that mm-hmm. but there's actually so many jobs especially nowadays where there's yeah. the internet there's so many jobs in art out there that people should never be discouraged from pursuing it as a thing because it can be a viable job um animation studios are always hiring by the way if anyone is wondering like they're I, I don't I don't think they want my stick figures though <laughs> right so that was one of those things that I had this like freak out moment that there would not be any jobs for me and so I ended up like changing majors five times in one semester oh gosh because I couldn't find anything that I liked that anything that like really worked for me that wasn't art and so I ended up um getting my associates in early childhood education and just working in childcare. I worked my way all the way up through management of childcare. 
And then my husband's like, you really should finish your degree. So my degree is in human development and family studies. Oh, totally okay. use that with my art and my writing. Yeah. <laughs> for not. <laughs> Listen, I'm a school nurse. I'm, I, that does not really help me in my writing at all, except for character <laughs> building. That's, you right. know, <laughs> that's about it. Oh, uh, so did you, did you ever think that you would go back or is it? So my discovery that the main purpose of art school, going to art school, it's for networking, making connections with other mm. artists. So when someone else makes it, they can be like, oh yeah, I have a friend that's also an artist. We should hire them. Um, or for technical learning aspects, but both mm-hmm. of those things can now be accomplished online via YouTube videos, yeah. online learning facilities like Skillshare or other online schools. There's, they're everywhere. And then there's also, um, you know, networking. You just have to make friends with other artists online. It's really easy. You just, hey, I like your art. Hey, I like your art too. Let's be friends. Like, so. like writers too. <laughs> it works. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I understand. So, so it's hard to like debate going back and getting, spending all the money on another degree. Yeah. I, I agree. I have like tossed it in my hat, tossed it around in my head. Do I want to go back for like a fine arts degree or or just learn somewhere else, you know, just learn through doing and and talking to other people and and you also have to make sure you get a good program because also the art program I was in originally was not the best program. Mm-hmm. And I did have the opportunity to go to a better art program at a different school. Like I could have transferred. But I really liked where I was geographically that I didn't like the idea of moving. So I didn't do it. (laughs) I I understand. So if you wrote a memoir, what would the title be? Mm, The Blessing of Mediocrity. The Blessing of Mediocrity. That is awesome. I'm mediocre. I always say, oh, I'm mediocre at drawing, mediocre at writing, mediocre at basically everything. But that's okay because I can do it all. Yeah, I no. can't do it all. Amazing, but I can do it all. I I disagree with the mediocre at drawing because, uh, you know, you're you're at least a B plus. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, that's average. So there you go. Mediocre means average. It since works when out. Is, since when is a B plus average? I thought oh, a C I know, was average. A, I was told a B, but oh. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> no I'll tell, I'll tell my state. parents they were wrong all uh-huh. those years are telling me bees were average uh-huh yeah <laughs> uh, oh, do we have the same parents um mine were like <laughs> maybe um, all A's or or you failed basically and but it was funny because I'm like one of four um the oldest of four actually and and my siblings did not have the same um they were like oh, you passed great wonderful ah <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna live in our house forever amazing oh and then yeah. they turn to me and they'd be like what is it what is this b plus here what is this happening <laughs> it's one of those hard things but I guess being like recognizing amongst my children I'm like well yes my one child is capable of getting straight a's this child I'm not so sure but I love <laughs> him but I don't think he can do it <laughs> they're they're all very very different like I can't my two are so like different as far as their their take on school my one has he's very smart but he's just very casual about school he's just there to get the credit for being there and that's it the other one is like oh my god I I I got an A minus I don't know what to do she's like panicking but I'm like oh my god I couldn't have gotten a mediocre one (laughs) (laughs) you've just been normal (laughs) 
<laughs> couldn't I have just gotten one who's just like hey I'm happy I got a B awesome and I showed up too <laughs> I got up I put pants on I went to yeah. school I get points <laughs> you know and he goes in his pajama bottom sometimes I mean he's in college but I'm like you're, you're, you're not gonna put pants on he's like these are pants I'm like alrighty then have but, a good day but, but it's not <laughs> underwear he's not going to class in his underwear so True. that counts I'm hoping he has underwear on when he goes to class tonight. <laughs> He's a little too old for me to ask. Do you have underwear on? <laughs> Mommy needs to see that you have underwear on. <laughs> that would be very awkward. <laughs> that would be, that's like one of those things that you do as a parent to embarrass them. Because yes. that one time when they were three and they did that one mortifying thing in the grocery store. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's what you wait for. And then they uh, say, why did you just do that? And you're like, remember that time when you were three? Yeah. yeah. There I you go. <laughs> I've actually been saving it up for my daughter because she was mortifying for a really long time. Um, I When I left her school, then then I worked in her school when she was in middle school. And she was an absolute nightmare in middle school. She's in, she's a junior in high school now, so we're, we're past that. But I she embarrassed me almost every single day. So, <laughs> so I saved up a lot of... Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of ways to embarrass her. Her wedding is going to be epic. That's, that's all <laughs> I have to say. My husband is a middle school teacher and he comes home with some really good golden nuggets of things that have occurred at school. And all I could think is, why are you teaching middle school? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a... It's a whole different world. I do enjoy it. I, I was in elementary school for 14 years, and I finally got to a point where I'm like, I'm done tying their shoes. I really, I can't do it anymore. I can't tie another shoe. Um, but, it, you know, middle school is totally, <laughs> totally in a different world. They are- Children in elementary school don't have the same brains of adults, and somehow they get from those, you know, brains that don't function the same way they yeah. view the things very cer- a certain way and then suddenly they have the same brain and you're like how does that happen oh middle school that's yeah. how it happens where they turn into whatever they are <laughs> yeah it, it is it is very interesting to do to see the process because we're six through eight and it's very common sixth grade and then like these just giant elementary school babies really and then by the time right. they leave in eighth grade technically they're supposed to be by the time they leave in eighth grade um you know getting it together sort of and, right. and they, uh, it all works out they all catch up at the end right i hope so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you um all right i'm gonna ask one of the questions oh i'm sorry about my dog he's gonna he's gonna start barking i'm gonna ask one of the questions that i usually ask um okay you pull you pull up to your house and it's on fire you can only save one item and it's not a person or an animal because they're already out what is it probably my ipad Mm, very important because it has my drawings my writing like everything all my work i pretty much do on my ipad so without that i'm kind of sunk yeah, so you're not, like, a lot of the authors I have, they're like, oh, no, I have everything on the cloud. Is it different? It's different with illustrating? Because, um, you know. well, I have stuff on the cloud, sure, but on my app that I use for drawing, like, a lot of it is saved on that app. Mm-hmm. You are saving your iPad, um, and you're, you already answered my, one of my questions. You're working on your serialized, um, um, the, what is it called? The Cree? It's, it's called Cretaceous Fairy Tale. Cretaceous, thank you. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm Cretaceous, like Chris. Thank you. Yeah, Crustaceous is a crab. Cretaceous. I know. Cretaceous is a era of time. <laughs> yes, I don't want to say they're wrong. Thank you. I know it's a hard. It's, they're very similar words. I well, you're too. Well, I mean, you're very versed in your dinosaurs, so <laughs> I'm gonna definitely take your word for it on this. Uh, so, where can we find you? You know, your links um, to your social media and all that. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, and usually it's, it's, K, it's KS Fabian on Twitter, um, and on everything else, it's KS Fabian creations. Great. Are and you, then, are you any good at TikTok? I'm just, I'm, I'm taking a poll. <laughs> I've done two videos, oh. but this other comic artist that I'm a huge fan of, and he's been working in the industry forever said that when he started consistently posting on TikTok, his follower, he like more than tripled his following. Oh, wow in such a short amount of time when he has been trying to like grow social media for like since it existed so wow that's amazing yeah I've heard really um good things about TikTok and I I kind of cheat I have the the 16 year old who helps me um but I actually did my own video the other day and I'm trying to like slowly build it into my books you know I don't want to like yeah on people's throats but I'm like oh this is what I read this is you know (laughs) my TikTok videos my TikTok videos are usually me dressing up my son's dinosaurs and reenacting fairy tales and (gasps) he gets so mad he's like why are my dinosaurs wearing dresses (laughs) I love it I love it I'm gonna have to check that out as soon as we're done (laughs) that's great (laughs) and then um and then my website is KS Baby and Creations and the serial starts on the 28th of February. So okay. it's free to, to read. Anyone can read it. It doesn't cost any money. And it's there. That's perfect. And by the time this comes out, that will be that will be available. So everybody can click perfect. over there and, and check it out. Check out all awesome. your stuff. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure yeah. speaking thank with you. Thank you. All right. yeah, it was uh, wonderful. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Heather. Bye. Bye. That concludes this week's episode with author Katie Fabian. Be sure to check out her website and um, all of her serialized fiction. Join me next week when I talk to travel author Pam Deanna Jones and learn about all her wonderful adventures traveling around the world for three years when she was in her 20s. It was a eye-opening episode and really inspiring, inspiring me to want to travel. So you don't want to miss that. Until next time.